All right, welcome to Old Town New World. We're here at Millstone Pizza earlier than usual, about two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, my name is Jason Broadwater. I'm Chris Gervais. And we're here to talk about the ever-changing world of Small Town USA. No, okay. So today we have a couple of guests with us. Uh, of course, we have Chris, as always. Nice shirt, Chris. Thank you. This is actually a new shirt. Oh, wow. Well, good. That's yeah, great. You look nice. Thanks. It's just black. That's all. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> uh, that's all you're willing to share? Yeah. This shirt is black. That's all. <laughs> we also have with us Silent Micah. Silent Micah, if you'd like to say something profound to kick us off here. Well said. Well put. Well put. And. Um, we have our two actual guests. We have um, from Clemson University Extension, located in York, South Carolina. We have Ben Boyles. Hello, Ben. Hello. Glad to be here. Great. And from the same uh, role, but down in Lexington, we have Will Culler. Welcome, Will. Hi, welcome. And I do like Chris's black shirt. Oh, well, noted. Oh. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. It's black. Yes, noted. That's all. Yeah, it plays well on radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so. These two fellas are here. They both work for the Clemson University Extension, and they're also involved in other things um, that have to do with ag, kind of new ag, and what's going on in the world of ag. So um, we're going to learn about uh, each of you guys and kind of where you came from, how you got into this. But as a primer to get started here, what, what does it mean when people talk about, when they say ag tourism or ag commerce? Or, are they talking about, you know, the giant food production companies? Are they talking about, I mean, what, what is this new ag going on here? For me, new ag's about um, connections. It's the story behind the food that we eat. Is what from what, what new ag is for me. It's 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 sense of place, sense of community. It's the story behind the food um, that's driving this new ag 2.0 economy. I think. Yeah, what Ben said, and and it's it's an ever changing economy. It's an ever changing dynamic, um, and it is truly a dynamic. People are they want to know where their food came from. They want to be able to name their the chicken that's on their plate. They want, they want to know what's going on, and they want to know what's happening. So, um, and they want to see it, and they want their children to see it, and that's what it's all about right now. So you got that kind of farm-to-table component, and how is that tourism, though? Oh, wow. How's that? Uh, anything that brings people onto a farm or onto a, into a store for the purpose of basically just looking around, for touring, to checking it out. Uh, tourism is um, defined in a lot of ways, but agritourism... Uh, uh, it's certainly agritourism when someone comes onto your farm and, and, and you'll bring them there just to, just to, just to check it out, just to look at it. Uh, education, agri-leisure, agri agri-education, um, there's a lot of different terms for it, but um, agritourism, is, it's all rolled into that. You know, there's a place in, um, there's a couple of places around York, um, like uh, Windy Hill, uh, and Ben, I know you're familiar with that. Um, and Windy Hill, you know, you'll go drive past, I'll drive past it on a Saturday, there'll be 200 people out there drinking cider and just hanging out at the farm and maybe picking their own strawberries at Bush and Vine or do it. I mean, that's tourism, right? Completely, yeah. And that's economic development. That's, that's mm -hmm. community development. That's bringing people together. Um, that's giving people an outlet to share. It's giving people an outlet to learn. That's what it's all about. Yeah. 
Well, we're seeing a lot of growth into agritourism in, in York County and the state of South Carolina as well. Yeah. You mentioned Windy Hill and Bush and Vine. They're, they've been doing this for, for years and they're yeah. great at what they do. But we also have new and emerging farmers that are coming in to kind of test the waters of agritourism. Almost like seeing your backyard homestead. What does that yeah. look like? And making those connections to show how, how you feed your family um, and make a living off of, off of your land. You know, it's, it's funny. It, it, it harkens back to a much older time. Uh, to me, there's this kind of romanticized version of like being closer to the land, understanding food. I mean, used to, I think 20 years ago, if you told a grocery shopper, you can't buy that now because it's not in season, they'd say, oh, that's ridiculous, an American grocery shopper. Actually, right, what right. they would say is, where's the beef? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Then they would say, why well, can't I buy it? Yeah. Right. And then they would start doing the Urkel right. dance. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> but after that, um, but so, but nowadays I think people would say, oh wow, how wonderful y'all actually have seasons, you know what I mean? <laughs> you've, you've hit on something that's near and dear to my heart because I'm doing a lot of research in agrarian perception and does agritourism influence that agrarian perception? There was a study done um, 10 years ago or so out of the University of Nebraska and it was, they looked at that Nebraska football team, yay, Cornhuskers, um, they looked at, you know, during the down years, during the great years, Nebraska's had some great years, they looked at why do people across the nation, and Nebraska's got a truly national base, why do the fans still follow them? Why so they did some, some surveys, they looked into it. What they found was that people were looking, they were connecting Nebraska to the agrarianism, to the agrarian culture. Yeah. And they're like, well, what does that mean? What, what, is, what does the agrarian culture mean? Well, it's hardworking, it's dependable, right. it's true. You know, and that's what people are yearning for now. That's yeah. what it goes back to. So yeah, you're, you're talking back to people are looking to get back to that. It's the comfort of the uh, agrarian culture. I guess that's where like, you know, you know, see circles come, always kind of come full circle. That's where you see like the, the hippie hipster having the same thing in common with the old man that grew Absolutely. up out in the farm, you know. Absolutely. And we're seeing it in the extension offices themselves. People are coming in wanting to know, learn more about food preservation, canning, these things that I thought were lost arts. Yeah. Um, but there's really a demand for it now, which is kind of cool to see, going back to the full circle moment. So there. let's do this. Let's pause and learn. How did y'all get into this? I mean, Ben, why don't you start? How, what's your past? How did you get involved? Well, I was born into this, um, I guess. Um, I was I was determined, I was meant to be a Clemson Tiger from birth. Um, I'm from a Clemson family. My blood is very orange. Um, but I did not grow up on a, on a farm. Um, I'm not really from a farming family or farming background. I try to tell people I try to grow ideas instead of other things. Um, so I went to Clemson. Um, I found my way to the... Where are you from? I'm from Darlington, okay. South Carolina. Yeah. The pearl of the PD. Oh, hey, um, I've been it all the way to the beach so many times. Yes. <laughs> Stopped at the Wendy's oh, yeah. on the way, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the race is coming up this weekend, or Labor Day weekend in Darlington. Um, Although I will say, every time yeah. you drive through there, there's that like, Oh God, there's no race today. You know, oh, right, right. Right. that was my life <laughs> yeah. every, every, every day growing up in Darlington, South Carolina. Um, so from Darlington, went to Clemson, got an undergrad degree in Ag Econ, okay. um, and then stayed at Clemson and got a master's in city planning. Um, and started working on, on a PhD and thought, ah, oh, I've been doing this for, you know, a long time now in the classroom. I really didn't have a real world perspective to bring to the discussion. Um, so this position that, I, that, that I'm currently in came open um, 11 years ago and I've been here ever since. Yeah. So Will, your story, how'd you get into this? Well, um, I did come from uh, a Clemson family, but I did come from an ag background. My family owned a poultry processing facility in Orangeburg, South Carolina. 
Um, grew up on grown up around farming, chickens, cows, horses, the whole whole string. Went off to Clemson. Um, Aggie Khan, just like Ben, I was 10 years before him, 10 I'm years ahead of him. Here. That's right. And um, went on and got a master's degree in agribusiness and started working in banking, did banking for about seven years, decided that the whole commercial banking realm was not for me. Was for a while, I guess for a while, but was not for me. So I went back to, uh, to Clemson and um, got hired with the Institute for Economic and Community Development down in Columbia, um, which is where we came out of. That's now the agribusiness center for the university. Um, been in this role, like I said, for 14 years now, and I've really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, that's, but that's where I'm at. Uh, yeah, that's where we're at. And you were talking about you're currently will working on um, a PhD in uh, perception. I well, no, I've I've been working on when I when I went back uh, uh, six, seven years ago. Um, I decided that you know I've been with Columbus for a while now, and and if I wanted to really you know, expand some of my knowledge in certain areas. I wanted to go back and get my PhD. So I've, I've been working on a PhD in Parks, Recreation, Tourism Management for the last six years um, with a focus on agritourism. And one of the things I'm, my role, one of the things I'm looking at, I'm looking at agrarianism and perceptions of agrarianism and does agritourism influence that perception? Uh, specifically in South Carolina, specifically in rural areas across our state and across the, across the nation. So, so let's get some examples of this stuff in action. I mean, I know around South Carolina there's some great examples. You've lost of, me on agrarianism. Okay. <laughs> what is agrarianism? It's. And do they? They're not allowed to shave. No, they're not. They're not allowed to shave. That's right. That's right. You know, toilet paper is optional. Uh, <laughs> uh, agrarianism is the is the uh, you know the the culture of agrarians. It's yarking, yearning back to the old days of, you know what is agriculture, the true agriculture. Um, people, like I mentioned earlier, people are looking to find out, you know, where, they're co where they come from, where their food comes from, where that. So agrarianism is, is all around that. And it, it's also the, um, you know, the, the, the myth and the, the perception of hardworking and, 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 and true character and, you know, the farmer, you know. The, the Marlboro man with the cigarette hanging out of his mouth. That's right, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's look at some examples around the state um, of some really compelling things happening in this kind of new ag. What are some examples? Well, there's a lot of examples of, let me just say this. So in South Carolina, depending upon who you ask, about less than 10% of the food that we eat in South Carolina is grown in South Carolina. Less than 10% of the food that we eat is grown in South Carolina. We don't, we don't live in Alaska. Yeah. So we should be, that number should be much higher. So that's just a lot of opportunity that we're missing out on. So we have that coupled with the average age of the farmer in South Carolina is what, 61? In the 60s, 60s. yeah. Um, so we have, a, we have an aging out farmer population. We have under underutilized land. Um, so I think some of the cool projects that we work on is how do we address that yeah. through new and beginning farmer programming, providing capacity building programs to help um, local groups to kind of develop the food systems regionally. Um, so it's kind of like A to Z. Yeah. different types of projects that we get to work on to help to help build up that capacity um, locally. To expand on that, you know, a century ago, 42% of the population was involved in agriculture, or an agriculture-related activity. Uh, now it's less than 2%. So yeah, we, we, you need to, you need to get, you need to, to hark back to that, yeah. So, um, okay, so some specific projects up here in your region, Ben. Uh, I know there's a nonprofit that you're involved in. So I was originally hired as a community development agent for Clemson okay. 11 years ago when I first came here. And 
that's a big umbrella word, community development. Um, but I'm also with Clemson, so I knew there had to be some sort of food and farming connection with that. Um, and that's where I started working to bring together stakeholders in this Catawba region of South Carolina around food and farming. Um, how do we elevate that and provide a venue to support it? So um, I, w I was fortunate to be one of the founders of the Catawba Farm and Food Coalition, a nonprofit um, organization that was developed, um, formerly developed four or five years ago to do just that, support the food system of the region. And the region I'm talking about is York, Chester, Lancaster, Fairfield, and Union Counties, and the Catawba Indian Nation. So basically the chunk of land between Charlotte and Columbia. Um, and that nonprofit is involved in a lot of different things um, from producer education and consumer education. Um, I, there's a, I always tell the story of a, of a child that I met in Chester, a community near Rock Hill. Um, he was in a line to um, receive free food from a food bank and he was handed a banana and he tried to eat it like a corn on the cob. Had no concept of how to peel a banana to eat it. This is in Chester, South Carolina, not many years ago. So that's the backdrop of the, the challenges that we have here. Food desert, I guess. Well, what does that mean? Yeah, that's a, that term kind of... Well, food desert is a term that it, actually USDA defines a food desert as, as an area, um, a community. It, it can either be defined as rural or urban. A rural area is 10 miles within 10 miles. There's no grocery store or store to, that offers any type of healthy foods. So basically what we're saying is people live in a rural area. They don't have an automobile, they don't have transportation, how do they get healthy foods? Well, uh, I can tell you there's, there's certain communities around here that the only way they, people go to the grocery store is to go to the Dollar General that's three miles down the road in the next town. There's no healthy foods there. What, what are they doing? How are they, you know, so what is that causing? That's causing obesity, that's causing, you know, diabetes. There's a lot of stuff that's causing and it's not good. Um, so food deserts, and, and in an urban area, by the way, food deserts are defined as one, one mile. So when someone lives more than one mile away from a area, they can't get to it, you know, they can't get to that healthy food. So what do we do? We, we create programs to bring those healthy foods, farmers markets, corner stores, um, CSAs. There's a lot of different types of programs that you can, you know, have that can bring healthy foods to, a, to an area. Yeah. Um, we're actually sitting in a food desert right now. Really? Downtown Rock Hill is classified as a food desert. I believe that, yeah. man, because, I mean, we... we Where do we go? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even if we had it next door, if you didn't have transportation to that location, yeah. it might as well be 10 miles away. Yeah, I, go ahead. I like to think of myself as Lawrence of Arabia, walking through the food desert of Rock yes. Hill. Yeah. That's what moves me yeah. through the day. No name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, while we're on the topic of food deserts, the, one of the... <laughs> One of the programs that I'm running right now, or doing right oh, now, yeah. is, is Feeding Innovation. And it's, it's a program, and I've got a great, great sponsor organization, uh, the Cyclone Community Loan Fund. They're a nonprofit um, lender out of Charleston, but they're statewide. And we do a class called Feeding Innovation. It's a 10-week class. We've done it throughout the state. And it's aimed at uh, bringing in small businesses uh, or potential small business. And the only qualification, or the qualification to get into the class or to apply for the class is that they have to be going into an area that's going to help alleviate the food desert issue right. in that area. So we've done it throughout the state. We've done it in nine towns, nine ten-week classes throughout the state so far. Um, we actually done one in York um, yeah. last spring. Really? Um, and we had ten class, ten small businesses in there, or fifteen small businesses in that class. Uh, we have graduates. We have. Um, um, pitch competition at the end uh, we actually give away twelve thousand dollars to the winner of that pitch competition so these are you know this is putting money back into the community this is educating the community in in the food desert issues and bringing healthy foods back to those towns well, there are also people that teach classes on things like um how to how to 
you were talking about canning, yeah. like how to stew, how to create stews, or how to make food last longer. Food preservation, yes, and that's something that Clemson's Extension is involved in, but also nonprofits in the area as well. And that's what we're trying to expand our, you know, our, that part of our educational offering because you can't be a customer at a farmer's market of products that you don't know how to prepare. Exactly. I mean, you could hand me a box of raw produce and say, "Go do something with it." I mean, I don't know why I would just sit here with it. I don't know what, right. I, you know, what, what, what to do with. What do I do with these Japanese eggplants? Right, yeah. I don't know. So if I don't know what to do with them, right. I'm not a customer of them. Yeah. So it's it's that customer education piece yeah. that's so critical in conjunction with producer education, yeah. getting these folks to grow smarter, not harder, yeah. Yeah. Um, grow on smaller acreage, um, grow to what the market wants, yes. grow the icicle radish, not the corn. I mean, something yeah. that's unique um, and different that might be able to have a greater profit margin in there. Yeah. And we're trying to get our farmers that are already producing to give them a reason to scale up. Uh -huh. um, so if we have more places like Rhett Millstone, the restaurants buying mm -hmm. locally, um, it gives that farmer in York hey, I'm, I probably should plant an extra row this year because yeah. I might can sell it to Millstone. Um, mm. So, yes, we need we need more farmers, but we need the farmers that we have growing smarter, not harder, right. if that makes sense. Which, and I think as far as like looking forward, I mean, technology, which has, I'm sure, had a huge impact on how you farm. I, I mean, I watched my grandfather, I watched Precision him adopt. agriculture, like down to the centimeter, watering crops and all of that. That's yeah. way over my head. But right, yeah, yes. I, I watched my grandfather adopt that stuff in the yeah. 80s, right. you know? Right. And um, yeah. and so where we're headed, obviously that will, technology will continue to impact. Well, now we've got right. drones flying over, right. measuring the right. water levels right. and, and selling right. and automatically going to the, the irrigations to actually release them in certain water. So, you know, that, that's it's it's really truly amazing what's happening with technology right now. Right. You know, I, I used to think um, if if we had to deal with our own trash, it would change the way that we live. The fact that we could, most of us, many of us, can just kind of roll it out to the end of the driveway. Um, or at, at worst have to drive it down the road a little bit and throw it, and, and we don't think about it ever, ever, ever again. Changes the way you live. Mm -hmm. uh, and the way we perceive ourselves and our role in the world, and like everything. And I think the same thing's true about food. I mean, going into a super store that has everything you can possibly imagine changes the way you think about the world, you know? And I think there is a, you know, back to this kind of perception of agriculture, I think there is this, newborn that, that isn't necessarily the kind of traditional salt of the earth ag agrarian perception which is also positive but there's a new positive version that's that more kind of hipster and touched with connected and all, all that that is equally as 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 romanticizes um kind of farm to table and all that you know yeah how do you i mean do you court oh well let me ask this specifically okay there's this um Place Black's Peaches out in New York, um, and Black's Peaches grows um, peaches. <laughs> That's their biggest crop. Oh, right. Yes. Good um, name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Beth Black White is you her know, name Beth now. Black yeah. Yes, I love that <laughs> yes. last name combination Beth there. Black, and then she married Beth a White. So oh wow. White. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they told me, and I'm going to butcher this, and maybe y'all can help me. But they told me that like they grow a few acres of tomatoes, but they only sell their tomatoes there. The peaches are the only. And you're going to butcher that. Yeah. <laughs> the the peach is the only thing that they move around to other distribute to other locations because they have to pay twenty five thousand dollars per crop that they intend to distribute or something connected in some way to the maybe this grown in South Carolina program or something. Y'all familiar with that? I'm familiar with the certified South Carolina program. Okay. That's a marketing um, program, but not I'm not familiar with the 
crop that they want to protect. Well, this is something, man, maybe y'all should talk to them about because yeah. Arthur, the, the dad, this kind of the old school version of, you know, farming that uh, I was talking about a minute ago, he's like, you know, if we were doing, if we were big farmers, that makes sense, that's fine. But they lost all their peaches on April 18th. Uh, they still had to pay that $25,000 because you pay it before you plant the crop for, that's what they were saying. But, like, I was talking to Beth, like, well, why don't you just sell, like, you know, distribute just a little bit of tomatoes and distribute a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And she was like, the system's disincentivizing us from adding just a few acres of this for sale because we have to pay this, these fees and stuff. So I guess this is a long way to ask, since you're not familiar with that specific thing. Where do you see that um, institutions and organizations are getting in the way? Where, like, your institution is, is trying to make a difference and trying to foster, but is there still a lot of policy and programs and old ways of thinking and our laws and stuff that are in the way of us moving forward? I would say so. I think, well, there's a lot of barriers to the growth in the ag sector. One of them in South Carolina is we don't have the infrastructure in place to help small farms become big business, okay. essentially. I think we have one USDA slaughterhouse in the state. Right. So in order to sell meat across state lines, it has to be slaughtered in a USDA inspected facility. And we're in York County and we have Charlotte, North Carolina, just north of us. So for a meat producer in this county to cross those state lines, that meat has to be butchered in a USDA facility, and there's only one in South Carolina, and it's in Hemingway. So, yeah. And then you have the stress of the animal to get to travel those distances, which impacts quality of the meat. So that's just one example of how we don't have the infrastructure in place to help support the growth of the ag sector. Um, and then that also touches on policy. Um, state by state is different for, for um, every state. I think of the meat issue, but also uh, raw milk. You can't sell raw milk in North Carolina, but you can in South Carolina. Um, so there's a lot of examples of policy and <laughs> programs that are not out there that could be support. Yeah. What's the deal? What is raw milk? Raw milk? Yeah, not what's, pasteurized what's milk? Can you, are people partying with raw milk? They're, getting, they're going crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, it could be a health hazard if it's not. Okay. Food safety. Food safety. Okay. Issues. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah, that's one example. Okay, so I mean, you know, we've got policy, we've got uh, programs like what y'all are involved in right. uh, that help. Um, we talked on education, you know, talking about a lot of education opportunities. Uh, I guess bringing together investment around economic development stuff. I mean, are y'all involved in kind of not brokering deals, but involved in deals that might have to do with um, bringing in ag into an area? I mean, are y'all involved in that kind of stuff? Only, only thing I could say about that would be when we're working with communities or nonprofit organizations toward helping them with grants, helping them with, you know, other opportunities in that way, yeah. Connecting them to one another in that way. Um, that yeah, would more, be, the, that, the more the capacity yeah, building capacity piece. Building um, piece. More the convener and the facilitator, yeah. the, the unbiased yeah. um, Clemson University person coming to help. Yeah, we don't have grants in, in that role at all. We wouldn't, you know, as a university, as a state state agency, we wouldn't, you know, have grants in that way. But we do obviously help in the um, lifting up of, of nonprofits and others. Yeah. So I, I've seen a lot of communities create these. Um, Community gardens, is that is that a positive part of what you guys are talking about? Is that a, do y'all like to see that happen? Sure. Oh, sure, we do absolutely do, and actually, um, we'd like to see that around some of our extension offices. We have some of that going on. We are we're constantly looking at um, possibilities for community gardens and working with you know our master gardeners, a great resource for that. Um, 
done that in, in the Columbia area a little bit, and some of the areas, those areas. So yeah, that, that would certainly be. So is this tied in any way to um, like the the world of horse, the horse world, or is that a different world? Or they obviously they overlap. Question. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's not, no, it's got nothing to do with the world of horse. Your fantasy book series you're working on. <laughs> it's <laughs> totally unrelated. No name. I've been sending you guys copies of my books for months. Oh, oh, actually, it, it is tied to the fantasy series, but that's, <laughs> whatever. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Uh, no, I think for us, horse is more intertwined with the agritourism side of the house, yeah, than specifically yeah. agriculture, yeah. production agriculture, yeah. I would think. We, you know, Extension has a number of different types of agents, and we have livestock and poultry agents yeah. that would right. work with right. equestrian, and we have some equestrian specialists there. Uh, we have horticultural agents, we have commercial commercial hort, we have consumer hort, we have 4-H um, uh, agents that work with children, and, and obviously uh, everyone's involved in uplifting people and bringing um, unbiased research to the uh, to the public. That's what we're all about at Extension. Good way to put that. So I hear 4-H a lot. What is 4-H? Yeah. You know, the, what are the a lot H's? of H's. Right. Is one of them horse? Is one yeah. of them horse? <laughs> I've heard it said in country songs. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's it. So what is 4-H? 4-H is the youth development arm of Clemson Extension. Okay. Um, it's actually older actually, than Extension. With, with cooperative Extension, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's the whole thing. It's, you know, 4-H is, um, we, we have agents throughout the state and they're working within the schools and, and other uh, homeschool groups to you know, work with students to learn ag. And it's, it's, a, it's a great, uh, very successful program. Are farming or best? Both. It's actually grown outside of the farm as well. They do so leadership, it is. Um, it is. Um, life uh, skills, history, we have lots a of different agent, We have a 4-H agent right now in Lexington that's investigating um, guns, you know, shooting, uh, shooting skills, motor, um, go karts. It's all kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Robotics competitions. There's a lot of different types what of. What if we um, combine all those shooting, <laughs> robotics, go karts? That can be pretty exciting. While riding horseback. I think there's right. some movies on that. When there's some kids right. running around and people try to shoot. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Red Dawn. <laughs> I'm thinking of the H's here. Heads, head, heart, hands, health. I think of the four H's. Oh, wow. There aren't any horses in there. Yeah, there's no horses. Five H club. We'll be in the club. That's when you get your horses. Right. It's a lot of H's. Right. <laughs> oh hell. You know what? It's too many H's. We got the horses. Right. Got to go. Yeah. I see why they got the four now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you know, York, South Carolina, which is uh, where I live is in York County here and it's um, the western part of the county is um, very rural and um, the, the eastern part of the county is suburban serving the Charlotte marketplace right. and all of the restaurants in the eastern part of the county are doing very well because there's a lot of money uh, of people and people are really enjoying going back to this stuff we keep talking about the notion that it's farm to table that it's organic that it's and then the western part of the county is completely rural and they're saying we want to stay rural we just need a viable economy. And so it's like, okay, wait a minute. What if we grew the food in the West and, and the people in the East ate it all? I mean, how realistic is that? Such a symbiotic relationship there, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I think it's, a, it's very realistic. Going back to that 10% number, um, mm -hmm. you know, Western York County, acres of opportunity there. Um, I'm gonna trademark that one. Yeah, yeah acres yeah. of opportunity. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. There's no H in that though. Yeah, right. Oh, acres. Of opportunity. acres. Hector. Yeah, right, Hector right, right, right. There you go. <laughs> acres. There you go. It's not a word. <laughs> it is today. Um, but that's just the increasing connection between rural and urban. That's the example right there. Right. Um, and, and and shortening how far our food travels, uh, going in a, coming from Smyrna to Rock Hill is much better than coming from. 
Mexico City. I mean, just as far as all the externalities that go along with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's very viable. So um, you talked about grants and these things. Are I mean, do they help people buy equipment, or are there grants to help you just learn things? Do you have to go to a regular bank for that stuff? I mean, well, there's, there's a lot of different types yeah. of you know grant and loan programs that for geared towards specific types of people, okay. uh, young. You know, young farmers. There's other types of veterans. Veterans. There's veterans there's other, yeah, there's other types of veterans. But yeah, um, and there are some geared towards specific programs. Um, you know, but you just have to actually get out and look. And yeah. Clemson is there to help. You know, help you find those. So. Yeah, USDA NRCS has yeah. lots of grants to help build FSA. a um, FSA hoop house, for example. Okay. Yeah. Um, and doing What's doing. A hoop house is where you do hula hoops and stuff. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah. so hoop house that hits them. It's like a shorter right. greenhouse. Yeah, right. It's, it's, like, like, yeah. it's basically a, uh, a yeah a greenhouse that's easier to put up quickly. I mean, it's, it's it's for season extension. Oh, yeah. Going back to that, um, Bush and Vine has plenty of those because okay. they, they're they're producing strawberries in January. I mean, you can buy them there. Again, growing smarter, not harder. How do you use the technology that we have at our disposal to extend seasons? Um, and sell products year-round. That's great. Yeah. Um, so that it's exciting to see. Um, what about all the stuff we see at Epcot where yeah. everything's upside, upside down and the water, like everything's stacked. And are y'all doing all that kind of stuff? Aquaponics. Mm -hmm. Aquaponics is big. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a total... Totally. Like the jam band. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, aquaponics. aquaponics right. Yeah. Right. We got to do a cool yeah. part now. Yeah. Them too, but there's also. No, I mean totally sustainable farming, and you've got you've got, you know, you've got fish growing in a in a in a tank, and the food is actually fed off of their waste, and it's you know the food's growing out of that tank, so it's. It's really, it's totally it's a stable. Cool, closed it's a loop system there. Closed yeah. system. Yeah. It seems to make so much sense, yeah. you know? Yeah. I used to live next to Disney World. I rode that ride many times. It's still one of my favorites. Agreed. Yeah. Right. The yeah. land. It's awesome. Living yep. with the land. Yep. <laughs> I, you know, I always think about that when I think about solar energy, because we live in the south, and um, uh, there's so much power being blasted down on our roofs that we have to run power all day long to fight the power that's right. being blasted down on top. It doesn't make any sense, you know? That's yeah. me doing that, sorry. <laughs> Blasting power. Blasting power, I'll stop. Chris, you had a problem with that for like a week. <laughs> yeah. I just do it wherever. You just listen to the aquaponics. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, it's, I just sit right go crazy. With aquaponics. Yeah. I'm going to need to get your number, if you don't mind. <laughs> 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 um, I know that there's actually, because of the whole debacle with um, SCANA and all that stuff with the nuclear power and all that stuff in yeah. the state, I just heard an update on this yesterday. Yeah. Um, they're looking at changing the nature of the, the laws around the energy system in, in the state. And one of the things on the table is, you know, for smaller private companies to be able to participate in creating energy, which would open the way to, um, you know, different types of energy, alternative energy and whatnot. Because, like, right now, they just recently passed in the last couple of years the ability, I think, to even use things that are not, that, that produce power, like solar power that's not coming from the three kind of monopoly kind of controllers of that. And to be able to sell back into the system, where if you're creating extra energy and you can sell it back into the system, that seems fantastic. So I think about that kind of closed loop system uh, as we look forward and doing things. How much does energy and energy production have uh, an impact on farming? I think the biggest issue with around that discussion is uh, water, access to water. Um, water that's the biggest water resources. That's that is, a big that hot topic in South Carolina right now. I can I can tell you yeah. as far as solar is concerned, there's a lot of 
um, poultry houses and poultry houses poultry is the number one industry behind forestry if you know poultry is the number one agri industry in the state and broiler houses are, are everywhere in the rural areas you ride through any rural town you see broiler houses a lot of interest in solar around that and then you know you're talking solar to heat the water, um, cold order, or kill it. I mean, there's just a lot of and USDA is incentivizing that. Well, USDA oh, yeah. is incentivizing. There's a lot of incentives, yeah. To make your houses right. more energy efficient. So yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, USDA is certainly incentivizing that. So are we? I mean, you know, I always grew. I grew up, you know, eating like Little Debbie's and drinking Mountain right. Dew and that kind of stuff. Uh, and zebra cakes. Zebra cakes are rock, dude. Those are rock. <laughs> they have a still? weird taste. I know I, I don't occasion. Deliciously I mean, weird. It is so strange. They're weirdly delicious. I mean, yeah, it's like some crazy drug or something. But um, it's real zebra. It's <laughs> that's the secret. Hey, um, locally grown zebra. Locally yeah, free range. Free range. Free range zebra. <laughs> um, but um, so I grew up in in the kind of thinking that uh, you know water you just turn on the pipe mm -hmm. and there's water and that'll right. always be the case it'll always be there there's never a problem with right. that ever Same. but i mean yeah how much yeah. is it a, like, a reality that water is actually a threatened resource like, my, my, my parents were appalled when they started selling water in bottles yeah. they were like what oh, wow, yeah. it's free yeah. everywhere it is kind of appalling a little bit yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their pepsi is what it was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, we were all excited for oh, crystal yeah. pepsi <laughs> we celebrated that in my family <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, it just places more pressure on farms to how the, you know, their land management practices right. and what they're doing. As, as, and that's also kind of going back to the importance of you know, more localized ag and smaller scale and, and more human-centered versus the 2,000-acre right. large farm that's going to use so much more resources to prepare yeah. those foods. Um, so it's just, I guess, going back to my theme of growing smarter, yeah. not harder. Yeah, and I love this idea of a closed-loop system. I mean. Yeah how can things be used in multiple ways and right. then maybe even sold out on the backside somehow from there? I mean, you know, that kind of thinking. Like permaculture, I wish I knew more about that term, but you're hearing more and more of the word permaculture well, as far as bringing everything. Care, yeah, but perma right, 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 <laughs> right, right. Uh, and it never goes out. Right. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a permanent move. Yeah, oh, I lived right. in permaculture for right. a while. Aquaponics was big. Aquaponics yeah. was huge in the permaculture. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> so I have okay. So since we're talking about technology, and this is a real question, it may be a it may be a total joke, but it's a real question. because the, the idea of synthetic beef, and like that's a thing on the horizon, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So is that? Do you think that's what gonna work out? Is that a real thing? Is it gonna fall that? apart? I don't know what that it's is. It's like lab-grown beef. Lab-grown beef. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I've, I've read what you've read, so yeah, it's not, it's, it's yeah. on the horizon. It's on the horizon, but yeah, I, I think that is. I think it's down the road personally. I think it's coming down the road. Yeah, I mean, like I don't. This is not like Boca Burgers. This is like convincing synthetic beef. I've got a question yeah. back to you though. Is that vegetarian? Is that vegan? Well, I don't know. That's the thing. Wouldn't it be ironic if they had to kill a bunch of people to make it or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's only green. It's vegan. Yeah, it's only green. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. If they synthetically grow beef and it's actually grown in a, is that That's right? A great it, yeah, well, so that comes back to a perception thing. So like what? Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah, it's actually you. real meat because it's been like cloned or grown or whatever right, it's happened. Right. But it wasn't. No life was taken. Or whatever. It was just manufactured. So is it therefore vegetarian or vegan? 
Yeah, I don't. I see. It's the third option, right? It's the third. It's not. It's not yeah. technically vegetarian. I mean, because it's like it's a it's living meat. thing, I guess. I don't really know enough about words. Well, I, mean, I don't. I don't think I would eat it. <laughs> I, would eat, I would eat gallons of it. <laughs> Inject it for ourselves, yeah, right? right? They make a milkshake. Yeah. Right. I would spread it right on my cheeseburger. <laughs> Okay, so um, before we forget to do this part, how, who do you hope hears this and contacts you, and how do they contact you, and what can they get by contacting you? That kind of thing, you know, what service do you, are you providing to the community? They can meet two really cool guys okay. that are... <laughs> well, that's worth it. Right there, right? Swipe right. Swipe right. He's on with us. Oh, oh. right. <laughs> oh, well, Ruby. Um, uh, so what am I hoping to get out? So, I am involved in a lot of different projects in the region that deal with ag um, in different different ways. So, just, just I love making connections with folks that are in that in that world. So, that's that's where I see this coming from. I, I, I'm, I live in Rock Hill. Um, I'm, my home base is York, South Carolina. Um, so if I want to be a small farmer, I'm definitely somebody that should give yeah, you a call. Yeah, yeah. If you if you are interested in getting into the business of farming, yeah. if you are already farming and you're interested in learning about new market channels, okay. Um, I'd what love if you to. You have a pretty established like what if you're bush and vine or yeah. yeah. Those folks, yeah. Um, I'm heavily involved as is Will in agritourism. Um, okay. That that's again that side of the house. We're involved with the Ag and Art Tour and, and expanding that out and and oh, just yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've been it's, waiting it's, on that. It's so. a cool um, tour that started right here in York County in 2012. It's a free farm tour featuring artisans at every farm, and it's just a it's just a, an event that helps helps to you know build the bridge between producer and consumer, and make those connections. Um, we started in uh, York County in 2012, and now it's it's it's, it's evolving. Um, it, it's up until now it's been every um, every June. Um, weekends in June and this year we had 12 counties participate and we have more counties lined up that want to do it yeah. so Will and I are now we're thinking about how do we you know develop this model where it can grow out sustainably yeah. across the state um, so we almost envisioning this happening at different times of the year across the state so this region would go this time another region would go another time but just as we kind of just make those connections the um, with farms people gardens. though talk about the numbers yeah, we of have, people we've about 35,000 people oh, wow. since 2012 and, and, um, you know actually and I I was involved with this um, tour last year and did a study on it and, and looking at the people that come I mean you're looking at uh, the older older generation they're bringing their their grandkids and they're coming in there and they're showing what they used to have and what they do and yeah. and it's you know again it gets back to you know people wanting to find out where their food comes from right. and how that how it's made and you know children coming in seeing a turkey for the first time and hearing it gob gobble out of you know over and over and over and they're not sure what that's right. going on so right. it, that's really what's all about it's it's just a fantastic that's opportunity for that yeah really we had is. some people from miami florida came out. i found that out the other day yeah. looking through the sign-in sheets in yes Ma in maine and then you know, yeah you know, yeah one of the things it's crazy yeah, it's, it's it it stephen is. king uh, yeah. no it was not castle <laughs> castle rock <laughs> Right. Yes, the Castle Rock Farm Tour. No. Um, so that's just one project that I, I get. I'm, I'm fortunate to get to work on, no matter all, as far as how, how do we elevate this community. And that's and, right. And and we actually just had a, a meeting about that project last week right. with, with a lot of the uh, farmers and, and and groups that uh, put it on. And you know, we were asking, do we want to go statewide? What, what's going to happen with this project? You know, we're not sure yet. We're not sure where that's going to go. We're just going to sit back right. and watch it go, though. It's right. really, really happening really well. Uh, what a fantastic, fantastic uh, 
the world's largest or it's the, the nation's largest free farm tour we had we had 90 farms on tour last this year oh my God. yeah right here in little old south carolina and it's really grassroots um we, we create this model where every county can kind of buy into it um, it's not top-down grassroots, and that's what I think is how it's grown. It's very sustainable that way. I want to get some more shout-outs and plug, plugs if I can. So I'm with the Catawba Farm and Food Coalition too. We have a, we have an online Wait, farmers oh, no, market. You have to wrap all of this. Cata okay. <laughs> give, me, give me a good beat behind yeah. me. I'll do it. I'm leaving. Um, he's gone. No, CatawbaFreshMarket.com. Uh, C-A-T-A-W-B-A Market. FreshMarket.com. Um, it's free to join. We have over 40 um, farmers on there right now with products in the region. Free to join. You place an order, and we deliver on Thursdays. Check it out. Uh, not yet. We have about seven or eight pickup sites in the region. Um, Overhead Station, downtown Rock Hill is one of ours. So you place your order, it gets delivered there on Thursdays. You walk in, you say hey to T Tammy, and you pick up your bags and go. Um, so we have those around the region, and we're looking to take that to the next level and really growing that side of the house. So if you're a farmer and you want to be a part of that, if you're a customer and you want to you want to purchase locally food, catalvafreshmarket.com. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And and uh, you're working with um, her, what's her name, Gloria? Yeah, Gloria Kellerhalls is the chair of the organization, okay. um, and we're involved in the five counties. Um, but yes, yeah, so if you're interested in learning more, CatawbaFarmersFood.org. Let's that again. CatawbaFarmersFood.org okay. is our is our nonprofit we'll website. Awesome. Okay, yeah. And CatawbaFreshMarket.com is kind of like our flagship program okay. that we're working on. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And Will, do you see stuff like this down in your part of the state? We do, we do. I mean, obviously we're working a lot with um, different organizations. I'm actually working right now with a group in a Low Country Local First out of Charleston. Uh, I'm doing some groups, some some new beginning farmer program. We've got a great new beginning farmer program in the state, in the central region of the state, that's statewide. Um, Dr. Dave Lamie runs that, and it's uh, the Cyclone New and Beginning, beginning Farmer Program. Um, look it up online, there's a yeah. lot of, uh, if you're interested in being a farmer, if you're a young farmer and are just beginning and trying to figure out where you want to go with that, how to expand your business, yeah. uh, the, the Cyclone New and Beginning Farmer Program is great. And again, if you are a uh, small business or is looking to, to bring healthy foods to a food desert or, mm -hmm. or just involved in healthy foods or involved in ag, if you're a farmer involved in producing ag and you, and you might, might want to you know, help, think you can help a food desert, um, look at Feeding Innovation South Carolina, look that up. Feeding Innovation South Carolina. Oh, yes. That sounds great, man. So, so for both of our listeners, if either of them wanted to contact you, they would go to um, Clemson University Extension, and I guess they're in this area, they would go to Ben's. Yeah, so every county, so it's clemson.edu slash your county name. Okay. So clemson.edu slash York or Lexington to or see Lexington. Will Color. And okay. um, yeah, we have, a, we have an office in every county in the state and the, the website to follow. Okay. That's cool, man. Well, what any any words of wisdom uh, for the world before we um, wrap this up and finish these beers? Support your farmers. Buy local. Um, it makes a difference. What he said. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Chris, words of wisdom? Synthesize that beef. <laughs> <laughs> Buy your tickets for aquaponics now. <laughs> yeah. Going fast. They're going fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. I guess we will um, let Micah just kind of take us out on, a, on some somber and uh, beautiful note. Micah? I wouldn't need that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess we'll see you next week on Old Town New World. <laughs> <laughs>